Welcome to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. James Barlow started with very little in life. He succeeded in his life and career path beyond his wildest dreams. At only 20, he was already an eBay power seller, generating close to $1 million in revenue from eBay sales monthly. Today, he is the founder of one of the leading technology companies in his field in North America. James Barlow is a multimillionaire. His story is not about the wealth and fortune he made, but about grit, determination and James Barlow's perseverance. And James Barlow is my guest coming up. We've been growing you know, 300 plus percent year, year over year, which which is incredible. This year, we won't grow at the same clip just because we've reached a point of scale where 300% just isn't realistic anymore. Uh, but we will hit 150%, which is, which is pretty exciting. So fast forward to maybe three years, I, I would, first I want to say, I don't know if I want to run a company that's twice the size of the company that I'm, we are right now. No. Right. So that that's the first thing. Right. You know, but if we continue at this pace, I would make sure to have the right people in place to be able to support that. Right. You know, and I'll become more of a, and I, and I am, I'm a builder. Right. You know, I'm, I'm building an organization. Uh, but I'd want to take a bit of a backseat and have, you know, essentially somebody else running it. But, you know, we could easily two to three years from now triple, if not quadruple. Uh, in size and revenue. James Barlow is the founder of Triumph Technology Solutions, an AWS cloud-native service provider based here in the United States. Before we get to my interview with James, it's time for my weekly segment of Future Shock 2.0 with workforce trends expert Ira Wolf with more on artificial intelligence. Ira Wolf, we've spoken about artificial intelligence so often on Future Shock 2.0. I'm beginning to feel like a real expert myself on it, but no, nobody can wrap their hands around it entirely. I want to ask you this directly. We know there's a lot of fear and anxiety surrounding AI, and there have been a lot of important people calling for a pause in the rolling out of AI innovations. What's your view on that? Should there be a six-month pause, a 12-month pause, so we can all catch up? Maybe in an ideal world, I just don't know how that's going to happen. We can debate whether this is progress or not. We can go on forever, progress or disruption or destruction. But I don't know how that will get implemented. I mean, that's assuming that everybody, including the bad actors, says, yeah, this is really, really bad news. This is really, really dangerous. And it's so bad that even the bad actors of the world are going to take a pause. And if it's only the good guys that take a pause, then we are just fall further behind. And we're already further behind. So... I I get the message, and maybe hopefully that was the intent, and it's a legitimate concern. Uh, but if everybody on this planet took a step back and said, we're going to put on a, a pause, a truce, we're not going to do any research, we're going to just try to fine-tune this, we're going to all sit down and have an open, authentic, vulnerable, transparent conversation about it, then yes, uh, I don't think six, 12 months is a reasonable time to do that, but then at least it I'd feel better about it. But if, if it's only the good guys taking the pause, then I, I, I don't see the value in that. That was Ira Wolf. Ira is a workforce trends expert, a top five global thought leader in his field, an author and host of the very popular Geek Skeezers and Googleization podcast. 
Speaking of podcasts, catch the top-rated Odeon Capital Conversations podcast each week with the famed bank analyst Dick Beauvais of Odeon Capital Group and Matt Van Alstein, Odeon co-founder and managing partner, along with myself. On the latest episode of Odeon Capital Conversations, we get into the economy, jobs, inflation, housing, and much more. And we have a very special piece from Dick Beauvais on reports out of China of major US banks in China under pressure to let staff go. The reports are not confirmed, but check out the details on the latest episode of Odeon Capital Conversations up there on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. We keep digging for the secrets and stories of uncommon and everyday things and interesting people. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My guest is James Barlow, founder of Triumph Technology Solutions, an AWS cloud-native services provider based here in the United States. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. James Barlow, welcome to my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We had a conversation before we went on the air, and I knew a lot about you from different people and researching your life, and I'm just blown away. And I don't say that lightly, and it's not an understatement. You have this really hugely successful technology company in the cloud-based services. Um, you can explain what your company does in a moment. You started from nothing. You started with humble beginnings. Now you have a company of over 100 employees, and you keep growing like gangbusters. Uh, like a lot of successful people, I keep learning every day in America. You never, well, you didn't go to college, but you didn't finish college. You don't even have an associate degree so it's almost at this stage a badge of honor to say that to a lot of people i can identify many successful people who never went to college which is not to knock going to college there is a critical place for education so welcome again to my show um tell me about yourself how you got into this sweet spot and this great place as I, when I was younger, you know, I've always been interested in, in in computers. You know, I built my first computer when I was you know n- nine years old. Um, I, my dad, you know, was introducing me to computers at, at very even even younger than that. Uh, so it, it's always the technology space has always been something that that's been uh, very fascinating for me, and and also something that I that I pick up on on quickly. Right. Um, I've been entrepreneurial for for the bulk of my life. Um, you know, I had my my first business when I was like real business when I was 19 years old. Um, you know, I was an eBay power, power seller originally. You know, was doing consignment. You know, got got a bunch of people that wanted to sell stuff, uh, and I took a percentage of it, which was which which was nice. Then I stumbled on you know um, actually selling you know computer hardware. So my main focus was was video cards. Uh, and ended up crushing it. And literally the more time that I spent, 
the more money that I could make. You know, the, the possibilities honestly seemed endless in that got to a point um you know where uh again i i, I was i was doing around seven hundred thousand dollars in revenue a month on ebay as an as a you know, 19 year old probably 20 20 at this point and and um you know just watching the sales just come in left and right was able to master that so fast forward a bit i you know spent before starting triumph tech uh, i was an independent contractor uh you know i was working predominantly with customers that were looking to work with amazon web services uh if they weren't i would convince them to work with amazon web services because that's what i knew best uh ultimately ended up working for another uh for an aws partner you know who was doing kind of what 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 well, I'm not kind of, but what what I'm doing today, uh, and that's where the idea, you know, to become an AWS partner kind of, you know, came from. I saw well, Amazon sending him a ton of business, and uh, he's able to charge these incredible bill rates where I'm charging half of that, and and um, decided to start Triumph Tech. So uh, I called up my uh, one of my best friends, who's now you know my my business partner as well, who's been bugging me to. <laughs> He was bugging me to do something with him for a while in this space. He saw how successful I was as a as, as a consultant, um, where I was able to make seven figures as an independent. You know, like I was sharing during our, our talk earlier, and and um, you know, I remember we we I I was sitting at my gym waiting for a class to start. Registered as an AWS partner, um, and and the rest is kind of history, you know. And that that's what brought me to to, to where we we are today. I have. A lot that I can go into, but I'll give you time to ask some questions. And yeah, uh, we've a lot to unpack. You were an eBay power seller. That program is no longer there. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, what did it take to be so successful as an eBay power seller? A lot of people over the years have dabbled in it, made a few dollars here, a few dollars there. Some got so frustrated, they gave it up. Others stuck it out. But it was just really kind of part-time work for, I think, the vast majority of eBay users. Yeah, you know, I think uh, kind of finding a knack for um you know keyword optimization was huge right you know perfecting your listings making sure that it looked good to you know a potential buyer they were presented with all of the information they needed uh in order to make a decision staying competitive um you know that was that was a big part of it i remember back in the day you know they used to have this this option called called featured listings and they may still have it i haven't sold on ebay in many many years so it, it may still be an option uh where essentially you pay fifty dollars and then they take you to the top of the search results right in that particular category for what you're trying to sell so you're coming up first so the people that had that featured listing was was that's who I would focus on for the products that I was trying to sell, you know, and, and, you know, making sure that I could source better prices than them. Uh, so you got to be competitive when it comes to price, um, you know, and then having the right keywords, uh, having some of those enhancements like the featured listing, uh, bold, you know, bold, bolding your listing again, anything you could do to kind of make yourself stand out, uh, even down to the port part where with featured images, I had featured images that were designed in a way to catch your eye, right? You know, so the colors that I used uh, were strategically chosen, right? So they would catch, you know, a buyer's eye. And as a result, um, you know, I was able to sell a lot of product. Um, 
I'm listening intently, big, trying to pick up some clues. Not that I will ever be a great eBay seller. I've never done much selling on eBay except maybe to pick up an item for our household. So how many hours would you put into eBay during your career? Was it just complete dedication and paying attention because you seem to have identified ways to move the needle financially for yourself correct yeah i mean it's it, I, I i i equated the amount of money that i could make with the amount of time that i was willing to put in right the more time that i would spend the more products i could put up right and essentially the, the not essentially then the more money I could make, right? So that was that was the 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 key. Uh, luckily, I was at an age where that was relatively easy for me to do. You know, I was nineteen, single, no family, really, no no ties to anything, and I was just in my own world and 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 doing my thing. So I would honestly probably spend you know twelve to fifteen hours a day, um, you know, doing this, and 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 that was you know kind of uh, a way for me to generate at that age, a significant amount of revenue for myself, you know, and um, that was that was pretty nice. And also, you know, I'm making close to a half million dollars a year. I'm 19 and a half million dollars then is a lot different than what it is today. Yeah, but so with I, inflation. Needless to say, I was I was, I was doing okay, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that that was that was pretty nice. Um, there were certain seasons that were obviously, you know, um, bigger than, than others, like the holiday season. I remember I would just I'd be be at, uh, you know, um, at my family's house for the holidays and I'm just looking at my phone and, you know, I'm just watching the dollars come in like every, you know, every minute, just another sale. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is incredible. So, um, I would do incredible. just, just, you know, quickly the products you are moving through eBay were in the tech industry. Correct. Yeah. I was selling video cards. So, you know, uh, you know, um, gra graphics cards, um, kind of, you know, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, for today, especially GPUs, you know, I was selling them when essentially they 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 first came on the scene. So fo focused on PC gamers uh, for for the most part, you know, that's that's who was buying the, the bulk of my product. I had I had relationships with manufacturers, I had relationships with wholesalers, um, and was able to you know again source source the the products and and um, you know uh, resell them on on eBay for more. I'm wondering, did you have much competition in the space? Would that partly explain your success? Um, I mean, there was definitely competition. I wasn't the only one doing it, you know, and, and you know, we would find uh, the video cards that were obviously the, the most popular, right? You know, the people were, were buying the, the most of. Uh, I remember, again, like I said, I did a lot of research, keyword research, uh, competitive research. Um, and, you know, at any given time, there were at least seven or eight other people uh, that had um, featured listings like myself, you know, were, were optimized in a, in, a, in a similar way, you know, and um, I would also find that, you know, it's it's uh, people would copy what I was doing and then I'd have to, you know, change things up a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, even with the competition there, it seemed to like, you know, I, I, I had a way of bringing people to my listings and, and um, always made sure that I had the best price, you know, before listing something would, would make sure that my price was good, even if it was a dollar less than someone else's, you know, and that would keep me at the at the forefront. So you grew up in humble circumstances in Philadelphia. Um, you didn't have the um, proverbial uh, silver spoon. And now today, by your own telling, you're a multimillionaire. Correct. Uh, someone who doesn't have an associate's degree and so you eventually moved from being that powerful ebay seller to having your own company today with over 100 employees Correct. and you're in your you know late 90s 
late 90s. So <laughs> if you're in your late 90s, you would be yeah, great. You're in your right, late 30s. I, I, I apologize. Um, tell us about that journey. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, didn't grow up with, you know, I grew up, you know, probably low, lower middle class, right? You know, I know that it's, uh, um, you know, my dad, you know, lived, lived, paycheck to paycheck uh and that was that that was our life so um you know i i i again i've always had kind of a knack towards entrepreneurship you know even in my teens i was selling on ebay right you know i i would um you know it would be one off things you know here and there um but i've always been very entrepreneurial like for example i would go and and you know a, a new gaming system comes out uh, and then I'd be able to get that retail and then resell it for, you know, a, a profit. Right. Um, and and, you know, th things like that. So I've always had a knack towards entrepreneurship. Um, you know, when I, I uh, was, um, you know, 19 again, I, 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 I went off to college, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but um, I didn't have money like other people and, and other peers and, you know, and and um, so I needed to find a way to to make money, you know, and I found that, you know, um, a lot of college kids didn't have money, so they would want to sell things, right? Which is why I got into consignment. I already knew how to sell on eBay. I already had the skills and would make money there. Um, and then ultimately, that led to me stumbling on, you know, well, let's sell, you know, graphics cards, right? You know, I, I, I saw a discrepancy between uh, not even a wholesaler at the time, but a, uh, um, you know, a, any, a retail provider called Newegg where I can buy a video card for, let's say, $120. And then, but I saw them selling on eBay for 160 And I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's take advantage of this. And then next thing you know, it's like built, built more relationships. And, 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 and the rest is, is with, you know, manufacturers, wholesalers, you know, was able to increase the margins even more. And, and, and the rest is history. But that's, that's a little bit about kind of where, where, where the entrepreneurial spark started. Then take us to your forming this company today yeah. from eBay to today's company where that fits in. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward, you know, between the eBay business. I, I did some other stuff, which wasn't really, um, you know, tech related. I, I ended up doing, um, other types of work that aren't necessarily re relevant to tech right now. And, um, for example, you know, I was, was, you know, a, uh, pa paralegal, uh, for years. I, I, I you know, I don't remember how, how that happened, but I ended up working for attorneys and, you know, I was independent working for multiple attorneys, built up, you know, a, um, kind of a, uh, um, you know, a clientele, uh, and, and then found out, well, hey, a lot of this stuff's just paperwork, right? You know, so it's like, um, I, I, um, you know, ended up helping um, students, for example, you know, process expungements, you know, directly, like pro se in their name, um, you know, for little things like just say disorderly conduct or whatever they don't want their parents to know, I don't know. And I've always been entrepreneurial, right? Um, I ended up really teaching myself after that how the technology world, right? So I remember I would sit down, you know, on my laptop and I started playing with cloud computers, you know, I started um, you know, messing around with Amazon Web Services and some other, you know, smaller cloud providers that, that you may or may not have heard of, like DigitalOcean, for example. And I, I became fascinated with this, you know, and I started deploying applications and, and, and just, you know, playing with different technologies. And I taught myself everything, kind of the foundation of what I'm doing today at scale. I then turned that into an independent consulting practice uh, where I was, you know, getting a lot of my business um, from, you know, freelance websites like Upwork, for example. Uh, and even there, you know, I, I went from 
the bottom to the top, right? You know, and, um, you know, I was top in all of the categories that I was, you know, uh, working in, um, which, which, which was awesome. But I remember the first, and this is interesting, the first, like on, on Upwork, for example, getting the first couple of jobs is hard, right? You know, because you don't have any feedback, you don't have a reputation. But after you do that, you don't have to go out and look, they're going to find you like people are going to request you to do work for them. But I had to kind of beg for the first couple. I'm like, listen, I said, I can do this for you, right? I'm not even going to charge you anything. I'll charge you like a 100 bucks, right? Or whatever, something small. I just, you're getting lucky because, you know, I need to get the feedback. And that's my goal here. And a couple people gave me a chance, gave me positive reviews, and, and the rest even on Upwork was history, right? And um, fast forward a little bit there, um, I ended up doing work for another AWS partner who found me on Upwork um, and worked for, for them for probably the better part of a, a year, right? Um, you know, while in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this too. I'm just going to learn how it's done. And then I'm going to go off and, and kind of do this on my on my own. So and that's ultimately what gave me the idea to start Triumph Tech, which is now a premier tier AWS consulting partner, you know, and, and we're winning all sorts of awards with AWS. You know, we're a strategic partner for them. Um, you know, I, I, I joke, you know, there's there's thousands of partners out there, but there's maybe four or five that really matter. Like we're in that top five, you know, in the segments that we play in. And, um, you know, it's been an, an incredible journey. You know, I have over a hundred employees now and, and, uh, things are, uh, pretty wild. Sometimes I feel like I'm running a, you know, a high school, but that's, that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like your employees are young. Remind listeners of what AWS stands for. AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. So Okay. Most yep. will know, but it's good to spell that out. Absolutely. Um, so you have this big growing company. Your revenues are growing uh, rapidly each year, you've you've told me. And it's in a cloud-based service. It's it's a lot more involved than that. But I want to talk about what is on everyone's mind on Main Street and in Tech Street AI. And we had ChatGBT, and there's a lot of wonderful things apparently promised by artificial intelligence. It's going to revolutionize our world, going to make things just gee whiz, and uh, we may not recognize the world eventually at the pace that AI is going in the workplace and across many sectors. There's a lot of fears about AI that we're rolling it out maybe too fast that there's ethical concerns, it could do really bad stuff, it could get into the hands of bad actors, and it could wreak havoc on humanity. What, what's your thoughts? So, you know, it's funny now that all of this is in, in, in the mainstream, um, you know, but, but I, I want to even, you know, go back a year, right, you know, uh, or even two years, right? There have been organizations, both nonprofits, you know, that have popped up, you know, uh, within the last couple of years, that their sole mission is AI ethics and AI safety, for example, right? You know, because they saw this as a problem, you know, before the rest of the world kind of caught on. So it's not anything new. Um, it is uh, that's one thing that I want to highlight here. But yeah, there are 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 all sorts of concerns, um, and some of them valid, some of them maybe invalid, right? You know, and um, but 
But um, when it comes to ethics, you know, for example, you know, like copyright infringement, plagiarism, you know, AI can now generate uh, music that sounds exactly like a popular artist, for example, and then somebody can go and, and maybe try to pass that off uh, as their own thing, right? You know, so that's that that's one thing. Uh, artwork, photography, um, you know, even even uh, you know uh, films, for example, these things can all be generated by by AI. You know, and if people don't acknowledge that this is not their work, yes, we are going to get into a problem. You know, with with, with some of those things. Um, you know, then there's the, the 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 concerns that you know we could use um, AI can can be leveraged. Um, you know, for Things that are destructive to humanity, let's just say, you know, warfare, for example, right? You know, and, and that, that can be dangerous if we're allowing a program, so to speak, to make decisions that can potentially kill a lot of people, right? You know, like that, that can be dangerous, right? So, so we look at the things that can potentially go wrong, right? Like we need to put rules in place, stop gaps, you know, and, and, um, measurements, legislation, et cetera, to stop these things from happening but here's the deal right um you know it's you and me i I can't go buy a weapon of mass destruction right i probably couldn't even make one because i can't get the materials right so for the bulk of 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 humanity we're not going to be able to get these things anyway um and and you know um so i'm not terribly concerned you know that that this is going to really change that like if people put put things together now on the flip side there's benefits right uh to ai you know and and our society and i'll look at my my world right my my technology world like my company and how we're using it to kind of to talk about that a bit so we've all heard of chat gpt um i think everybody's heard of chat gpt and their chat gpt is giving us the ability to do things faster, right? You know, it's able to generate um, code, for example, you know, uh, that we can use to deploy applications for customers, right? So our engineers are able to uh, come up with a solution faster because it'll kind of give them the foundation. Now, you still need the human element because each customer is going to want something, you know, unique to to what their particular requirement is but it's still nice to be able to have something to build that foundation with you so now we can go ahead and and, you know again uh, beat timelines for customers come in under budget uh, and free up valuable engineering capacity for the next engagement right you know um and and be able to do more as a result so that's that's one benefit uh we've been using it with our hr function too for example so you know chat gpt has given us the foundation for some incredible job descriptions for, you know, some, some unique roles that we have, right. You know, and, and, and the more detail you give chat GPT, the better a response you're going to get. Um, so if you have a generic input, you're going to get a kind of generic output, but if you're specific, you know, in what you're asking for, you're going to get a better response. So we've been able to even use it for building job descriptions, uh, for example. So that's just a couple of benefits of how we're using it. My guest is James Barlow, founder of Triumph Technology Solutions, an AWS cloud-native services provider based here in the United States. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. 
I'm curious to know a little bit more about you because you're fascinating. What are your influences? What influences you in life? And when you look around the world, is there anything in particular that you're drawn to in the world of art, culture, music, sports, and just daily life? Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good question. No, I I love music. Um, I I um I don't play music, but you know I I do you know enjoy going to shows and and things of that nature. Uh, sports. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I, I like football. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fan, uh, which is awesome, you know, and, um, anytime that they're in New York, I'm at MetLife Stadium making sure to, to go to the game. It's a little bit of a haul for me to get to Philly right now. So, um, you know, that's, that, that, that could be difficult, but I do, um, enjoy sports as well. I won't sit here and say I know every player's name and I can give you every stat, etc. But I definitely enjoy, you know, the competition. Because I feel uh, company leaders have to have a, their arm around the, the world at large. They have to be kind of aware, oh, there's a war going on in Ukraine, which is dreadful, obviously. We all hope it ends soon. There are these cultural icons or there's this political debate going on so that you can kind of synthesize that and it probably ultimately is reflected in your work or where you take the company even. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I definitely pay attention to the, you know, the geopolitical stuff that's happening around me. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, uh, and I, I like watching the markets, but I also like understanding, you know, the influencers for the markets. Mm. Um, and, and that's something else that I, you know, I, I mean, I, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not pouring over CNBC, you know, um, and, and, and looking at the news, looking at the pro news, et cetera, um, which also gives me, you know, an idea of what's, what's happening in, in, in the world around me. So I definitely would say that I, that I have my, my, my finger on the pulse in terms of uh, what's happening. You've said that a lot of the employees and workers and professionals in your industry never went to college. Yeah, it's actually funny because I didn't realize this to be the case, you know, but, um, you know, some of our employees, you know, they're, they're former Amazon, for example. Uh, and I remember having a conversation with one of my employees, you know, and, and, you know, there was three people on the call with him, uh, and, three of us didn't have college degrees. He's like, I feel like the outlier here, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, he, he highlighted, he's like, listen, at Amazon, he's like, I was the outlier there too. I'm like, why, why did I spend all this money on, on, on going to school? But yeah, I mean, it's, it's even this world that we're in with the cloud world right now, they don't teach this in college, right? You know, it's, and it, it's something, like I said, I was self-taught a lot of other engineers, you know, and, and architects, they're, they're, they're self-taught. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, makes an engineer really good at their job at, at, at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, because again, you're going to be presented with a different problem from each one of your customers, which is, you know, based off of what's their requirement, what's their business need right now, you know? And, you know, so what you build isn't necessarily going to be exactly like something else. So you need to have the ability to go and find documentation, you know, look at the the, the resources you have, uh, like um, Google, Stack Overflow, et cetera, to find answers to the problem you're trying to solve, or at least something to build off of. And that's why a lot of us end up, we teach ourselves things and that along with the natural curiosity to just want to learn, you know, there's all sorts of different technologies out there and services that, you know, Amazon Web Services offers, for example. I mean, hundreds of them, right? 
I like to just go and mess around with them and see what they do and see how I can make them work with other services, etc. You know, to understand kind of the lay of the land. And that's that that's what I think, at least in this world, leads to a lot of people not necessarily having degrees. So college has to catch up at the pace of developments, it feels to me, in our economy. I just can't see it ever happening. Honestly, you know, it's it's you know, technology is is is, you know, um, changing at such a rapid pace. Hmm. It would be impossible. Like you'd have to have a new curriculum every semester. That's literally how fast that it's that it's changing. Right. You know, and yeah, we could have the foundational stuff. But, if you know, if you want to be on the forefront. Right. It's um, they would have to change the way they're doing things. I'm not sure what kind of a message that is for um students in college wondering are they behind the proverbial curve maybe some of what they're learning is going to be redundant and a total waste of time yeah i don't want to i don't want to say that because like to you know college has a place um you know and and there's a lot of you know fields that you you know can't get into without that degree right you know i just i guess for entrepreneurs you know, I, I would just say, go out there and, and do it, you know, and even for people that are interested in, 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 in the cloud space, like just go out there and, and do it, you know, and see if you have a knack for it, because you'll be able to get in. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that that's pretty exciting to me. I, I agree. There is a vital place for college third level education in America, around the world. Um, no doubt about that, but it's become obviously very expensive. But that's a whole separate debate and we would never knock college, although there are a lot of reforms I, I do believe are also needed. Maybe we'll come back to that some other occasion. Um, tell us a bit more about your company. You're growing. Uh, I know the revenue growth you shared with me earlier, that was just um, mind boggling. It, it, it's large. So where do you see it? in a couple of years um you know i i, I see you know it I, we've been growing you know 300 plus percent year year over year which which is incredible this year we won't grow at the same clip just because we've reached a point of scale where 300 percent just isn't realistic anymore yeah. uh but we will hit 150 percent, which is which is pretty exciting so fast forward to maybe three years um you know i, I would First, I want to say I don't know if I want to run a company that's twice the size of the company that I'm that 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 we are right now, yeah. right? So that that's the first thing, right? You know, but if we continue at this pace, I would make sure to have the right people in place to be able to support that, right? You know, and I'll become more of a and I and I am I'm a builder, right? You know, I'm I'm building an organization, uh, but I'd want to take a bit of a backseat and have you know essentially somebody else running it, but you know, we could easily two to three years from now, triple, if not quadruple uh, in size and revenue, which is which is pretty exciting. You know, there's so much work coming through in this in this this industry. And, and um, you know, it, it's not slowing down anytime soon and won't slow down within my career. You know, uh, that, that much I'll say um, competition. You know, there's there's uh, not many of us that, that do this, you know, and, and, and the bulk of us that are that are doing it, we're we're eating and we're eating well, um, which, which is exciting. And again, I just see that accelerating and continuing to go upwards um, and, and, and not stopping at least the next 10 to 15 years. And so that just to, to, to be clear about it, the growth you were talking about, that, that refers to revenue, the 300% and then obviously not quite, not near that now, but still phenomenal to be sure. Correct. Um, 
headcount obviously has to scale with revenue too. So it's, uh, you know, you got to support the increase in sales with additional engineering capacity. Of course. Um, I want to ask you for your thoughts on the U.S. economy and where we're at in terms of our technological advantage, if that is the right way to describe it. Does does America have advantages on technology? Like we talk about manufacturing coming back to America. We talk about the problems in America. We talk about the hollowing out of the middle class because a lot of jobs are being outsourced. I'm just trying to get a big picture from you, an entrepreneur, where you see all that in technology and in, and in the jobs generally. I would definitely say that we have an edge on, on technology. So again, you look at the, the major cloud providers, they're all you know, they're all based here. Yes, they're international corporations at this point, you know, but they're they're headquartered here in, in the U.S., right? Uh, we have a lot of incredible talent here. I feel like we're we're more advanced when it comes to, um, you know, the the um, you know, the, the talent that we have when our within our country and and that other uh, other countries are now catching up, you know, um, at least from from an engineering perspective. Uh, so we look at, you know, uh, South America. Uh, you know, South America is awesome. It's in, it's in the U.S. time zone, right? You know, it's in our time zones. Um, so you're not dealing with that, you know, time zone issue that you would be with, let's just say the Philippines, Pakistan, you know, or other places that you might offshore talent. Uh, and there's really great engineering talent in South America, um, that, you know, partners like myself, um, are, 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 are using, you know, um, and, and we, had great experiences. So um, we have a combination of, of, of both. I would say we're, you know, 80%, you know, North America based. Um, Canada is another place that we uh, have, have a presence as well. Um, so obviously we have, you know, employees that are, that are based out of Canada. But um, yeah, I think between North and South America, like we, we've been in a, in, in a, in a pretty good position. So like I said, we do have employees that are again based in, in, in South America. We have, we have, we have employees that are based in Canada, uh, as well. Um, and we also have some, uh, employees that are, that are overseas, but the bulk is again in, in North and North and South America. Um, now concentration, like I said, we're 80% us based well, let's just say north america based right um and um but we do like i said have you know talent everywhere else we we hear constantly this cry for bringing jobs back to america we're back to this you know bringing manufacturing back to america and we had the chips act of course which is kind of unleashing some dynamics which may help in that direction your your thoughts on that that we should we keep jobs in america overall and maybe look differently than we might have a generation ago at outsourcing? Yeah. Uh, so we, we talked earlier, I, I think during our preliminary interview, um, you know, kind of, it, you asked me if it was difficult to, to hire, right? You know, and, and to be able to hire at scale, you kind of need to open up your borders, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, what gives you the ability to support, at least in a services business, you know, where, um, you know, again, we're, 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 we have a lot, a lot of net new labels, right? So we need to be able to open up our borders and, and, and be able to get the talent we need. So what we've been doing, um, you know, for, for the most part, like a lot of our architect level, um, you know, roles are that they need to be based in North America. So these are the folks that are, um, you know, uh, designing solutions for customers, leading a team of engineers to go and be hands on keys and, and doing the work uh, and and really consulting with our customers. So that's that's what we've been doing is keeping that level 
uh, you know, in, in the U.S. Uh, and then uh, we're a lot more open to, to bringing in, you know, the, um, the engineers from from other parts of the world. So needless to say, that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody from you know Brazil or, or Guatemala can't be an architect. But I'm just letting you know, like, this is kind of the approach that we've been taking. Triumph Technology Solutions. Have you a, a special niche in your field? What distinguishes you from anybody else in the business? I'll, I'll tell you uh, that we are one of AWS's only consulting partners, premier consulting partners that are uh, is actively working with generative AI customers. So that's 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 one thing, right? You know, um, another piece too uh, is we have a niche working with media and entertainment. Uh, based customers, uh, that, that kind of gives us a bit of an advantage when it comes to, um, those types of customers as well. Uh, but if I was going to pick two things that, that sets us apart from our competitors, they would be it. Any thoughts on the U.S. economy, talk of recession, uh, and all the other issues that are constantly in the news, political strife, um, debt ceiling, too much consumer debt? Any thoughts? And cause you have a catboard seat, as it were on where the economy may you may see some of those leading indicators softening here yeah. or spending there any view I'm on that? watching it very closely because obviously you know it impacts decisions we make as a business and and um you know i i am starting to see uh you know customers committing to engagements but delaying their start right not necessarily saying we're not going to do this but we're going to delay this because i think everybody is kind of you know in and just let's sit and watch let's see what's happening here i'm not sure where the economy is going to go and i think we're all we're all feeling that um again you know with our revenue numbers we've been able to you know um beat you know month over month what we were doing last year uh and and you know which which is exciting um but i definitely would say that we're we're, we're um feeling this you know if, if if the economy was in a perfect state right now i would say we're going to grow 200 plus percent this year whereas right now i'm saying we're going to hit 150 so um that's that's you know def definitely starting to see it so I do want to put that out there. James Barlow, this has been a far-reaching and really an incredible and interesting interview. I'd like to interview you again and maybe just see where you're at maybe in a year or so. Sure. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do it? What's the best way? I would say LinkedIn uh, would be the best way to, 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 to get a hold of me. And I will share that information with you um, so, I, so that way you can... Um, you, you, you can post it. Sure. And the name of your company is Triumph Technology yep. Solutions, and you have your own website. Correct. Triumphtech.com. James Barlow, thank you for being my guest. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. You are listening to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. You can reach the host in the U.S. at 973-529-4699. That's 973-529-4699, 973-529-4699. Email burndesk at gmail.com. That's burndesk, B-Y-R-N-E, desk at gmail.com. Burndesk at gmail.com. Subscribe for free.